Hello. Hello. Welcome to Salem Podcast. We are your hosts and favorite Salem tour guides. My name is Jeffrey Lilly. And I'm Sarah Black. And this is a bonus episode. Yay! Because we, I was sick. Sorry. We failed you. <laughs> I was in England. It's not my fault. It's, so- it's probably like a little bit my fault because I, I traveled, but you know, hey, it's okay. We're just happy that you are home and safe and healthy. Thank you. Yeah, it was a bit of an adventure. Yeah, um, many people did comment on the fact that you were stuck in Bath, and there are many worse places they, to be. There are. Uh, sort of the catch-22 of it is like I lived there. I went to school there, so I had done all the things. I've, I've had multiple sort of last nights out, you know? Mm-hmm. So now I'm just – it would be like being stuck in wherever you live, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. I've done this. I've seen that. I, yeah, yeah. But it was nice. I uh, took some walks. And you were alone. Yeah. Which was kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, is what it is. Is what it is. The, the really only annoying part is like they had no. So I was pretty much asymptomatic and I mm-hmm. just tested positive. So I was just waiting until I could get that negative test. But they didn't have any like isolation, quarantine rules or anything. So I could have gone and done anything. And if I was here, I mm-hmm. also could have gone and done anything. Like I could have gotten on a plane, gone to Miami Beach. And, right. But I, I just, there was an ocean that I just couldn't cross. Yeah. Uh, and then, sort of hilariously, not really at all, uh, when I got to the airport, so you had to fill out this like pre flight app thing. They didn't even check it. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I assume that they probably had it linked on their end as well. Right. Uh, but she didn't even ask for it. So I was like, oh. I'm sure you were. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I had like all my documents and they didn't even ask for them. But that's what it is. Back and uh, ready to go. But because of Jeffrey's misfortune, we now have this uh, inspiration to do a bonus Q&A episode. We really weren't sure how much, uh, how many questions we would receive, but. There were quite a few, so we're pretty excited to dive into this. Got good timing. Um, mm. So you, you've all had a chance to listen and get to know us a little bit. So let's, uh, you want to you get into it? Or? Sure. Yeah. You want to ask first or answer first? Um, I'll go ahead and ask me first. I'll ask you first. Okay. So first question on the list. Dun, dun, dun. What is your favorite tourist spot? And or attraction. Okay, so I chose two um, very different attractions. I know. I'm sorry. I'm I'm already breaking the rules, and it's question one. I'm sorry, but one is. It doesn't say what is your top two. One is shut up. (laughs) One is land based, and one is sea based. So, the trolley tour. That's one of my land, two of my. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. no, Boston. That's Boston, bro. Boston. Um, But the trolley tour, I do it all the time. I absolutely adore it for being able to see parts of Salem that you can't really get to on foot. I mean, you could, but you'd be damn tired Mm -hmm. by the end. And then, of course, the fame. It's always going to be my favorite. I love being able to go out in Salem's Harbor and kind of like be transported back to that time. And I feel like that experience really does that for you. Okay. How about you? So I had a little bit of a, uh, it was a little tough to answer this question. I don't necessarily know if I have a favorite. I think it all sort of depends on maybe not like what mood I'm in. 
mm-hmm. but like what I'm looking for. Right. Right. Like I love a walk around almost any of the bearing points. You know, I love to go down by the waterfront, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, on a gorgeous summer day, the Salem willows, get some ice cream. So it's really like, Hey, what's the vibe today? You gave me so much shit about picking two. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's also because I knew. So I don't really, and it, it's like, you know, do I, do I love going, uh, I don't know, like walking past the witch house, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't love going in every week. Right. You know, but I love that it's there. I love we can look at it. I, I love the idea of it. Um, so it really sort of depends on, on, on the vibe. What you're looking for that day. Yeah. That's a good answer. So it's your turn to yes. ask. Yeah. What is the most haunted place in Salem? Okay. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh spooky time. Um, I feel like we should preface this by saying that tour, us as tour guides in town, we kind of have this joke like, oh, everything's haunted. Everything's haunted. That trash can is haunted. Yeah. That porter potty is haunted. <laughs> um, but if you had to choose one. So I talk about, uh, on my night tour a little bit, the Merchant Hotel. Um, and I then sort of make a, a bit of a pedantic, uh, caveat saying it's not the most haunted hotel. It's the most haunted building that happens to be a hotel because it wasn't built as a hotel. The Hawthorne hotel is arguably the most haunted hotel because it was built as a hotel. Uh, right. If that makes sense. So it is semantics. Yeah. But it's like, Oh, it's the most haunted hotel. I'm like, no, it's a building that happens to be a hotel right. and happens to be haunted. Right. Right. Um, I think I think that's an important distinction um, because that also then brings into the effect of why it may or may not be haunted. And that, of course, has to do with Sheriff Corwin, uh, the curse of Giles Corey, the fact that the poor um, the fact that the uh, I don't know what to call him without being horrible. I was going to say poor bastard. Is that OK? Can I <laughs> yeah, say that's that? Fine. I already okay. said shit. So <laughs> OK, uh, the fact that the poor bastard <coughs> um, was buried in his own basement. And, you know, after you torture someone to death, death and they curse you and you're buried in your own basement. When it comes to things being haunted, I like evidence. Okay. Right? I like, you're like, ooh, someone was, yeah, that, that, there's like, that's the more evidence there is to attribute to something, the, the more apt I am to say that's a more likely scenario. Okay. So. Okay. It's funny. I actually, I wrote down Merchant Hotel you, too. <laughs> yes, we chose the same thing. Oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. I don't want to interrupt you. Go, no, go ahead. We, we haven't talked about these oh yeah so just to clarify yeah um, and jeffrey damn it didn't look at them until today well i, I knew i knew I looked at most of them i didn't like <laughs> sit down no but so so we don't know what, what your other's answers are these aren't planned out right. uh we answer them sort of on our own Very and impromptu. are coming yeah coming to the table so, and i think we're gonna end up guessing some of each other's along the way because that's just fun yeah uh so yeah i chose the merchant hotel i used to stop in front of it for my, when I used to work for the ghost tour company mm-hmm. and I don't anymore, but we do talk about it when we talk about Philip English and mm-hmm. the curse of Giles Corey. And I did have, so, you know, I, I ask everyone on tour, are you staying in the merchant hotel? And I'll have someone raise their hand. I tell the story. Oftentimes they have no idea of the history and you tell them it's regarded as one of yeah. the most haunted places in town. And they're like, oh, my God, I have I've, to go sleep there tonight. I, I've had both the, oh, my God, I don't want to stay there. And I've had the, oh, that explains that. <laughs> oh, do you? OK, so I'll ask you this question as a, a piggyback to this. But I did have two instances where participants had shared 
like encounters mm-hmm. with me. And both of them were smoking related, like tobacco related. So I don't know if there's like a tobacco loving ghost in there, but I will say the first one, the gentleman was inside. Uh, he was an e-cigarette smoker. He left it on the table on the nightstand and it started lighting up as if someone was puffing oh, from it. He said it's never happened before. And then another man was sitting out on the front stoop smoking a pack of cigarettes. And I guess they were menthols and you can't really get those here. Yeah, so yeah. so he in, was very in like in Massachusetts. So he yeah. was very excited to have his pack of menthols and he took one out, started smoking it, looked back, and they were gone. So it was a raccoon. <laughs> Now I need to see like a, a little smoking yeah, raccoon yeah. outside of the merchant <laughs> hotel. I'm going to draw that. <laughs> oh, did, did, you, did you have anyone share experiences with I mean, you? There's nothing, you know, sort of the bump in the night standard, you know, objects being moved or rattles and noises in the closet and these sorts of things. It nothing. is It is rumored that George Washington had an encounter there. I've heard that. I've heard that. One of these days we'll have to stay. <laughs> just, just, just uh, for science, for science, yeah. <laughs> for history, <laughs> for history. I like it. Okay. Uh, I asked, uh, what is your favorite thing to enjoy during the non spooky season? Being able to walk down the street. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a good answer. I guess I, I was thinking more along the lines of like the difference between October and even just now, we have okay. quite a few people out on the street today, uh, but it is so much more different during those crazy months. You can just pop in and get a coffee. Right. Or, you don't have to worry about yeah, waiting in line. Yeah. You don't have to worry about, you know, making a reservation at a restaurant necessarily. You can go into your favorite shops. So, and I think I really like the post spooky season, like the immediate come down as much it is, as it is a, a slight deflation of our morale, just because, mm-hmm. you know, it's over and you know, all the excitement is done. We all have this bonding moment. You go around, you check in to all your people and your your bartenders and your other tour workers, your yeah. museum peeps. You like, did you, you survive? Like, yeah. are we are we good? Are we good? So I think that's probably my my favorite part about the non spooky season. How about yourself? I, I was thinking more of like an event, like a thing to do. Yeah. So I put the uh, the Christmas trolley, the Christmas carol. Oh, very yeah, nice. Which is like, yes, which you have to get tickets for if everyone's curious, like in September. Don't be like, oh, we're coming up for a weekend and just, they, they sell out real fast, real quick. You were the one that told me to do it. Yeah. And yeah. I will do it every single year yeah. from now on. Yeah. It was that cool. <laughs> so what was the biggest Salem misconception you both had before moving here? That's you. So I didn't. You're saying you had no misconceptions? Not, not really. Um, so I moved back to uh, America after going to university uh, with the intent of moving to Salem. And then it took me nearly a year to get here. But I had friends in the city. So I was coming in like every weekend. I was like crashing on their couch. So you were, you were very familiar I, yeah. with it. Plus, yeah. I think as someone who has grown up in Massachusetts, it doesn't have as much of like the shock value. Right. Like I, I came here as a teenager. You know, I've, I'd been here on Halloween before. So there was no like big like, oh, Miskins, you know. Yeah. I think maybe I guess, I don't know, that it's 
bigger than wait hold on that's not the right um it's more than just downtown like yeah. we, we have a target and a wall there's like a normal part of, of it doesn't city. look like yeah the so, 18th century I, really I, I knew what i was getting myself into what about you so obviously i moved here from michigan um I started visiting my dad here, I mentioned, in 2010. So I think the year prior to that, I was, of course, in high school, and we did the Crucible, like most high school classes do. Mm -hmm. And that was my only basis of knowledge for Salem when I first came to visit. My dad moved here because he was going to be working in Cambridge, you know, just outside of Boston, part of Boston. And Salem at that point, not nearly as expensive as it is now, but it was a very safe community. He saw it as an opportunity. We're from the Midwest, right? Like you don't want it. We're not big, big city people. So he saw Salem as a good opportunity to be able to bring his daughters here and show them a good time. You know, let them, he he had no fear of us walking the streets at night, you know, even as adolescents, but my only understanding of Salem prior to coming here was, was the, cru- the crucible. And that's, so, that's not, no, it's not. Yeah, it's not. I talk about it on my tours. I just mentioned it last night. Someone asked me, you know, didn't this all start with a bunch of girls dancing around in the woods naked? It's hmm. like, no. are you referring to the crucible there? <laughs> and then we have, you know, we have that discussion. Like I, I'm kind of glad you're remembering your 11th grade history. Maybe right? that means you're remembering <laughs> Other things that we should learn in, in high school, but mm, yeah, the crucible isn't historically accurate. So, right, right. Ooh, next question. I like this one. Favorite cemetery in Salem and favorite cemetery anywhere else? I'm going to make you guess mine. Come on. Harmony Grove? Yeah. 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 I was just playing on the name. Harmony okay, Grove. Okay. Okay. Har- I was going to say. I was like. I was like, I've literally dragged you there uh, before. I dragged I, a lot of people there. You didn't have to drag me. I was excited. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. But I mean like, okay. Yes. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Harmony Grove is gorgeous. I am so close to it now. I could walk in my new apartment from my new apartment. Yeah. 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, minutes. you could. Yeah. I'm sorry. I keep moving the table. But Harmony Grove, I, I we also got another question that was like, what's off the beaten path? And we'll end up answering that later down the line. But this I would also consider is off the beaten path. It's just outside of historic downtown. Mm-hmm. And it is one of the most beautiful cemeteries I have ever been in. I was completely taken aback. I've been going for years. I go and sometimes walk through with my morning coffee just because it's so, I don't know, there's just something about it. And it's where a lot of like the rich and powerful of Salem buried their loved ones. So the memorials you see in that place are just a little more extravagant. Exactly. Especially compared to a lot of the, the smaller cemeteries you see right downtown, you see like little headstones, a lot of stuff is worn down, but this one, it's just like, absolutely gorgeous. It is beautiful in the winter. It is beautiful in the spring. It is beautiful in the summer and it's beautiful in the fall. You go year round. So what about outside of Salem? Um, I'd probably have to say, (sighs) I'm sad to say that I have not experienced enough cemeteries outside of Salem. It's kind of hard to beat them. You've been to Mount Auburn. 
Oh, that was actually on my list. Okay. I didn't even look at my list. <laughs> Hold on, ask me that question again. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. This isn't getting ended. This is no. how it's going again. Okay, fine, yeah. All I had to do was look forward. <laughs> it's right there. I literally wrote Harmony Grove and Mount Auburn. Yes, okay. So okay. when I my initial thought when I was looking at this question was to go to New Orleans mm-hmm. because, I mean, those the above-ground crypts are very cool. Uh, fascinating to me. But yeah, Mount Auburn is glorious. I like to think of it as a larger version of Harmony Grove. How about you? Uh, so in Salem, I'm going to be cliche, Charter Street. Uh, but really, for like a few... Old bearing point? Yeah, yeah. The, the old bearing point, the Charter Street bearing yeah. point. Um, so for a few reasons. Uh, one, I, I think it's it's quaint, it's cool. Uh, but there's some things in it that I think make it very interesting. Uh, first and foremost, um, Captain Richard Moore, he's a Mayflower passenger. I think that's just neat. I believe it's one of the only actual headstones for a Mayflower passion- yeah. passenger that exists. Very yeah. sparse. Um, and he was seven when he uh, came over on the Mayflower. And he's the only member of his family to survive that winter. So... Um, to me, you're like, that's that's a life lived. Like, age seven, traveling the Atlantic, your whole family dies, and then he ends up dying in 1692, same year as the trials. And you're like, oh, the, the shit you saw yep. is just, you know, to me, it is just, just fascinating. Um, but then, in addition, it also has the Lindell Stone, which unfortunately you can't get to anymore because they put the paths in, you have to walk mm-hmm. on them. Um, but it is flanked on either side by these absolutely gorgeous... Um, Sculptures is the wrong word. Designs like the these funerary images. Yeah. One it, one's a skeleton. One's a skeleton, like a full body skeleton. Yep. Hips, femurs, tibial bones, ribs, spine, skull. Gorgeous work. Mm-hmm. And on their side is um, probably Father Time. A lot of people sort of say death, but death is typically um, uh, pictured with sort of no face and or no feet. Uh, so this is an old man. He has a beard. You can see his feet very plainly. He's holding a scythe, sort of Reaper-esque. Mm-hmm. But he also has a little hourglass above above his head. Very cool. And is probably one of my most favorite stones I, I've really ever seen. We will definitely uh, get a picture up for everyone to see. Yeah. Yeah. I think I know which stone you're talking about, but I have never actually seen it in person. I have slight resentment towards them putting the paths up, yeah, but that's I, only I, because I got to experience it before. before. That, yeah. yeah, it's obviously good for for the cemetery as a whole. And then uh, in terms of... Outside of Salem. Outside, I'm going to be super cliche, and I'm sorry to everyone listening. Uh, Highgate in London, which is probably one of the most gorgeous cemeteries in the world. It's just like, if you go, if you see it, Google it, you're just like, it, it's remarkable. Um, did you go during no, the last not, trip? Not this past time. Uh, but then another thing that's interesting talking about England is they have abbeys, which we don't have. And you think like Westminster Abbey, Bath Abbey, right? It's like when people are interred yeah, so in the walls, in the walls, in, in the, the floors. Floor. And so you're just walking around and you are like literally surrounded by dead bodies. And that is, I think Westminster Abbey. And I'm sorry, I've like answered this question like six times over now, <laughs> but Westminster Abbey, you're like, Oh, there's a King. There's a King Henry the yeah. seventh, Roger Kipling's over there. Winston Churchill's in the ground over there. All like 
in so cool. It's, it's very, very surreal. And I, I remember the first time I went into an Abbey, I didn't know. I, I can't remember how old I was. I was probably like 16, 18. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just, oh, I'm going to be cool. And then you're like, oh, oh, <laughs> that was cool. You know, it's ironic. People say that the Merchant Hotel is the most haunted place in Salem because because someone's buried. You know, Sheriff think, yeah. Corwin, you know, was buried for several years underneath what is now today the building, and yet you go to an abbey. And you're just like... Surrounded by them. Yeah, the, the Bath Abbey is where my u- university has their graduations. So you're just like, cool, here's your degree. <laughs> Walk over this dead person. That's weird. <laughs> That's very weird. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what are your favorite restaurants? All of them. <laughs> I think of all the questions, this is very much like you were saying earlier, the feel. So I was going to say, getting back to it, I get this I get this question a lot at the end of a tour. Where's your favorite? Where would you recommend to eat? And I'm like, honestly, almost anywhere. The what, food's awesome. What do you want? Do you want seafood? Do you want Mexican? Do you want like burgers? Do you want sushi? Uh, do you want Indian? Like we have a wide variety of food and it's really sort of what your preference is. Like, do you want... And I'm going to use uh, Finns and Turners as an example. I think Turners is probably better food. Mm-hmm. However, Finns is on the waterfront. That view, so you can't beat it. Like, do which and and Finns is is very good food. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, it's a little bit more casual setting more casual, as well. Yeah. So it's like, do you want great seafood in a historic building, or do you want really good seafood on a the building in water- the waterfront? And at the end of the day, I, I can't tell you which one. And you're not going to lose either e- e- way. Either one you're going to be happy with. So I went a little bit more specific with mine. Uh, two things. Actually, three things. I am a Reds and Opus regular. So mm-hmm. I probably go to Red Sandwich Shop for- Every morning. For No, not every morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say at least once a week. Uh-huh. Um, it's like my, my go-to breakfast space. It just feels super homey. Yeah. And as a Midwest girl- this is, that's the vibe that you get at a lot of like diners back at home. Do they have uh, like wagon wheels and stuff in there? I mean, yeah, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so as much as I go to Reds, I go to Opus probably just as much, maybe even more. That's like my go-to post tour spot. Mm-hmm. If I'm like going out in town their cocktails are just so good. All Souls as well. Yeah. Great cocktails. And the last thing I'll mention, the best food that I've ever had in Salem, like the best dinner, has been at Ledger. Believe it or not. Really? Yeah. I would I would counter that. With Give it to me. Settler. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> their food's great. I've only gone once. Yeah, I, I've been, I think, three times now. It's, you know, tiny hole in the wall. And real small, but fantastic food. Very small. Definitely have to make reservations for that one. Next question is, what is your favorite off-the-beaten-path place in Salem? So I'm going to say Danvers, which you're like, what? (laughs) Oh, well, Salem Village. No, but seriously, I was thinking thinking about it, and 
you guys are going to hear the next episode. We're not telling you who we're interviewing, but in that episode, which we recorded months ago, in fact, we talk about this Mm -hmm. question. What's the off the beaten path thing to do in Salem? And one of our guests says, there's really nothing. It is a small, small town. It's all right here. So I would say, you know, if you're coming out here for the witch trials, which most people are, Think about what Salem was back then. In 1692, it wasn't just this small port town. It included what is today Danvers. So go over and check out their spots. They actually have more buildings directly tied to the trials than we do. And even their memorial. So so I would say if you have time, especially if you have a car, go pop over to Danvers. And if the Halloween crowds are too much, like October crowds, spooky season, even in the summertime, if you want to- For a a table, you're going to get into a restaurant if you want. That's true. Yeah. How about you? Forest River Park. Ah, very nice. Which, you know, I have the uh, fortunate- As I say, you're like five I have the fortune. Yeah, it's like a 10 minute walk, five minute walk from my house. Uh, So that's right on the water- um, it's a nice little park, go get a breakfast sandwich, you know, sit down. Uh, when the water's warm enough, I usually go swimming out in the ocean there. Um, and <laughs> you've told me that before, but I'm just like, it still stuns me. Yeah. Um, or I'll just go sit on the rocks and just sit out watching the Harbor. And I'm, I'm either thinking like, this is just a, a very pleasant place to be, you know, I'm still in Salem. Mm-hmm. Or I'm also thinking like, what, what was this like two, three, four, five hundred years ago? Like, and this is where I get, you know, sort of existential in my, you know, did, uh, who else has sat here? Right. Who else has seen this view? Yeah. Yeah, It's not, it's not a bench. It's a rock. So it's been there for. Who knows how long. Who knows how long. And so cool. Like, I'm sure there were maybe, you know, Puritans and. And, you know, maybe, you know, people in the revolution or in, and even long before that. Yeah. But uh, Forest River was used uh, as a temporary um, tent city after the great fire. So there are people staying there after they lost their houses. And like you were saying, even way back before the indigenous people in the land. So it's less like a little area that I'm like, there have been countless people who just probably sat in the same spot. And it's a bit outside of historic downtown. Yeah, It gives yeah. you a chance to once again, get away yeah. and take a breather. So that's my off the beaten path. Very nice. All right. So I really loved this question. What is your dream Salem home? 36 ocean Avenue. Is that the Max and nope. Ma- Max dead? Nope. Oh, Oh, very nice. You know which one? Yep. It's right. It's a block up, block closer to uh-huh. Lafayette uh-huh. Street. And it's this beautiful orange color. It's like, it's the color of the sweater I'm wearing yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is breathtaking. Yeah. The fact that one, I think it's one family yeah, that I don't owns think it's it. split into condos. It's one house. It has a little garden, a little garage. It's like this pumpkin orange with green trim. Uh, it's right on Ocean Avenue. I'm sure the owners won't appreciate this, but like say the address again, just to reiterate. 36 Ocean Avenue. <laughs> I if, mean, people are going to go down to if, the, if the Hocus Pocus house anyway. down so. to, to, Ma- uh, to Max's house at the end of Ocean Avenue, you have you have walked past 36 Ocean Avenue and it is an absolutely gorgeous little house. They have this little- You say little is not little. It's, no, it's not. But it's- um, 
quaint enough in its styling. So where I live, there's a lot of very big houses. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, most of them are split into apartments and condos, right? So you see these, like, the house I live in, it's, mm-hmm. it's arguably huge, but it's just an apartment. It's one right. floor. So it's not like the whole thing. With this house, it's not as big as the house that I'm in, but it's a little more nooky and it's got a little thing and this little wraparound porch. The details and on oh, that place yeah. are yeah. incredible. So one day, one day. You got to buy it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what, what do you mean? What, what else option is there? Yeah, I guess. Hey, put it out into the universe. Right? I asked for a penguin picture and I got and one within got hours, picture. within hours. If you don't follow us on Instagram, please do. Uh, we've been sharing a lot of just extra content to go along with our episodes. And someone tagged us in a penguin picture in, from the Peabody Essex Museum. Mm-hmm. So remember, if you're going in, keep an eye out for those artifacts and we'd love to see them. All right. So it's my turn. Yes. You know. I do know. <laughs> I don't know the address. I just saw the address yesterday. Uh, Hope Hale. Nope. Is it an H? Nope. It's a B. Bale. It's it's, it's like a four letter word, right? So a couple of years ago, I was stumbling through the McIntyre district. Stumbling like a little. No, no, no. no. (laughs) It was like a daytime stroll through downtown. And for the longest time, up until literally... A couple of weeks ago, I have lived on like the northern part of Salem, just below the the Beverly Bridge. Mm-hmm. So it was a quick trot where uh, where Philip English used to live. Yes, actually, yes. I was I was quite close to yeah, his property yeah. in my last apartment, in yeah. fact. But I very rarely ventured deep into the McIntyre district. Yeah. I was much more of like a waterfront fan. I would go out on the Derby Wharf. I'd be by the ocean. I was a little worried moving this way, but oh my gosh, is it gorgeous. And I just happened to be right around the corner from my favorite house. So like I said, I was walking through a couple years back. I went down this little corridor. I say it's a corridor because it doesn't look like a full street. Like it, it almost looks like someone's driveway, like a driveway or, and it, yeah. it goes right between Chestnut and Essex street. It's called Bots. Bots. Okay. Bots Court. I was strolling down yesterday and I happened to see like the owner pull in to that house and it's a gorgeous, cute little cottage house. We'll post pictures of our favorite houses, Uh, but the house part that I love that looks like this quaint little witch's cottage and there's a beautiful wildflower garden right next to it. It's only their garage. Like I saw the the car pull into it. So where's the And then I watched house? him walk into the actual house. Oh, so okay. when you're coming down from the Essex way, I think it's six bots court. Oh, okay. So I, I've been wondering because it is very small, but that it's not to say it couldn't be a house. Like you no. could very easily park it and above it. It probably was at one point, yeah, or a, maybe a, it was a, it was probably a, a carriage, a carriage house, house at some point. And it could be, it is probably I mean, it's very small, but it's probably bigger than some studio apartments. Yes. So I'm, I'm guessing so that it does have a little loft area mm-hmm. on top and a lot of what looks like a greenhouse on the bottom floor next to the garage, a lot of windows. Mm-hmm. This is all speculation. I'm just dreaming about how I would use the <laughs> this, space. This is what I would do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's my favorite. Okay. It looks like the, this a tucked away. quintessential English cottage. cottage. Yeah. Yep. 
and like juxtaposed, juxtapositioned, juxtaposed, um, juxtaposed against the opulence of the rest of the McIntyre district. Absolutely. It, it's, it's like a little hidden gem. Absolutely. Yeah. So my turn next. What itinerary would you give to someone coming to Salem during Halloween? <laughs> um, I feel like we should answer this question together. Cause I f- like, like, like simultaneously. Well, I mean like just as a, as a conversation, oh, oh, okay, because I think okay. we're probably thinking the same thing. Uh, like nothing. I mean, I would say don't. That's literally mine says don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My, mine don't, says don't. Um, don't drive in. First of all, make plans ahead of time to like take the train in and take an Uber out. So the, this question threw me a little bit. During Halloween, we kind of, do you mean like No, on, I mean on, I think I want to answer this question on Halloween. On it is October such 31st. A, yes, it's okay. such a unique day mm-hmm. and it is so different than any time that you would visit outside of that day that I think we should tackle it, you know, on its own. Yeah. So first thing, definitely not drive. No. Uh, if if you can get away with it any weekend in October, don't, don't drive. drive. Uh, park uh, at a local train station at either, a town north at a town trying to take an uber take a train in or or get here very 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 early park in the garage take a nap in your car that sort of thing plan on not really eating in restaurants yeah. i would not waste the time on trying to get in there i would just go with a street vendor food yeah i'll be honest that's what i do and yeah. <laughs> i live here I'm, when i'm done uh, with with tours of the day, I go. I grab a sausage and I, yeah. you know, wander around. And you're looking at multiple hours of yeah. a wait to get into a restaurant. Yeah. And at that point, let's be honest, on the 31st, we're all exhausted. Like this, the experience you you may get isn't going to be In, unless the best. unless there is a restaurant like directly taking like reservations, and you haven't, you've done it before. Don't count on that. Yeah. Um. But. <sighs> It's what you're going to make of it. It's going to be busy. It's going to be crowded. It's going to be loud. It's going to be costume. Bring some water. Uh, you know, in a normal year, we're going to have uh, several sections of the city uh, cordoned off the roads. You can't drive. Uh, several stages with bands, uh, beer gardens, the works. Wear layers because obviously – Temperature out here in New England changes drastically, especially two, with us right on the water. Yeah, uh, two years ago it snowed on the thirty first. Sorry, oh, it sorry, was sorry. Horrible. Snowed on the thirtieth. Thirty yep. first. There's still like a couple inches of snow on the ground, and it had warmed up enough during the day that a little bit of it melted. So then it was a little icy on Halloween night. The year before that, it was supposed to downpour. But because of the way Salem is positioned geographically, a lot of storms just kind of miss us. Yeah. We're kind of like a peninsula out into the ocean. And it ended up being awesome because a lot of people canceled their plans because they thought it was going to rain. But And then four it ended up being, years I think, ago. I think it ended up being like 60 degrees and humid, believe it or not, at the end of October. I think four years ago, three years ago, I can't remember. Uh, it was the, I think it was game seven of the world series with the Red Sox Nice in Boston. And, and Ooh, may- oh my God, I remember and, and this. Maybe it wasn't game seven. And so don't like quote me, but the game had ended and everyone's trying to leave Fenway. So like half the world has left Fenway. Half the world is trying to get into Salem 
and no one can get into North Station. <laughs> there was like, I was hearing reports of like miles long lines to get into North Station. And so no one could take the train. And as a result, since no one could get into North Station, to take the train to Salem, it was kind of empty. No way. It was a little more quiet. Yeah. I bet there were so many people that were pissed and all in costumes. <laughs> and then uh, there was like big lines of traffic to get in. And so it was just like a weird two things were going on on the same day. And that interrupted everyone's plans. I think by the time the, the evening rolled around, it started to get busier. But there was like a chunk of time during the day yeah. where we're like, where is everyone? They're like, well, they can't get it through North Station. Damn. So obviously plan transportation ahead of time. I would say also to go all out on your costume. You're going to see oh, yeah. some of the most amazing it. costumes yeah. you've ever seen be as on weird, these streets. Crazy. Yeah, be your. Be, yeah. This is the time where you get to be as yeah. much yourself as you possibly can. So go, go at it, and just take it in. People watch. Just spend time on the streets. The whole place turns into like a big block party, and that's really the best part about it. Till, till ten. Till 10. Yes, you got to keep that in mind. Uh, yeah. 11. 11, I thought 11, 11 is when the, I believe, no, 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 they wouldn't be that late. I think it's 10. 10. You might be right. Regardless of 10 or 11, it doesn't go till two in the morning. This is not New York City. We shut down, we close, we have fireworks, and then we kick you out. Bye. So, um, let's see what oh. we got next. Most asked question on tours. Other than where do you go to eat? Um, probably something having to do, and I'm guessing you're going to probably say the same thing. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. 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 Something <laughs> having to do. Ooh, one, two, three. Ergot. Yes, there we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God. I had a tour just <sighs> this past weekend. Sorry, I know it's your, your no, turn no, to go. No, no, same but, answer. We got this. So I had a tour this past weekend, and... At one point, I ask people, you know, have you heard, you talk about the theories, right? Theories as to why this all got started, why the girls were acting in such strange ways. And I ask folks to give me their thoughts. Has Have you learned anything in school about this? Have you read anything online? Which can be a dangerous question to ask. But someone made it a point to be like, yeah, I have one. She said that it was relatively new. And I, I have heard that as well. And I've also heard it described as a conspiracy. So it was it was very interesting. The fact that not only is this theory being perpetuated still, but it's almost being like regurgitated. Like people are now trying to bring it back to the surface, which is which is so wild. I, I wild. think it's it's an easy it's the it's the easiest. And I think we've probably mentioned this before. So we're not going to harp on it too much. It is the easiest answer. Yes. Right. Why is everything happening? They were hallucinating. Wow, that makes sense. Let's move on. Um, that way, you're not blaming, you know, the patriarchy. You're not blaming religious extremism. You're not blaming human nature, human nature, community boundaries, uh, you know, children's safety. You're not uh, blaming England. You're not blaming starvation. You're not blaming the indigenous people. And by extension ourselves because yeah, we are right. humans right like, because all of those things then also rest upon our shoulders so when you just say oh they were hallucinating they were on drugs you're like oh that's an easy answer makes for a much more colorful story but thus an inaccurate one yeah so let's let's not ask that please because <laughs> you're wrong um and it's not just that you're wrong 
if if you perpetuate you're that narrative, misinformed. you're misinformed and it's nothing new. This narrative was first proposed nearly 50 years ago and debunked within months. Yeah. So it's bad science that has been uh, shown to be untrue over and over and over again. So moving on, is it my turn or your turn? My turn. Okay. Wait, no, it's your turn. My turn. <clears throat> What site in town do you feel is the most beautiful and peaceful place to visit? So I already mentioned Harmony Grove, but I'm go- cemetery, but I'm going to throw that one out to answer this question again. But also the Willows. Did you good have answer, that one as answer. well? I have uh, three answers. Oh, is, okay. <laughs> it, it depends partly on the time of year and uh, the time of day. Well done. You like you pick this one apart. <laughs> so uh, my first answer is the Ropes Mansion, the the gardens. Absolutely. How, however, when they are fully in bloom, I think is the most beautiful time to visit. Right mm-hmm. on like uh, uh, an afternoon in May or June. Right, absolutely gorgeous. Um, and they continue to be in bloom for most of the summer, but they have some seasonal flowers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does get a little busy. Like it is a hidden gem. But on a weekend in July, it's still going to be a little busy, just like the willows. The willows are gorgeous, but on a nice Saturday afternoon, they are packed. You know, everyone's getting ice cream, everyone's getting popcorn, everyone's going to the beach, there's families, there's barbecues, which is great, but it gets a little busy. It can be, I was going to say, it can be a little loud. Yeah, but the wharf, if you're looking for somewhere to take a walk at one in the morning, I have taken a many walks out there. I did that with my brother a couple weeks ago. At one? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We, we left All Souls and walked out of the lighthouse. When I used to live in my old apartment just off of Derby Street, I would have to walk past it to get home for my tours. And I would almost always, at least when the weather was nice, mm-hmm. take a walk out to that yeah. lighthouse because it's just so peaceful. And you'll pass by people, but it's usually pretty, pretty empty. So I'd say that those would be my top three and- you know. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. So favorite non-witch trial related location, which I think we just listed off quite a few. I was going to say, I, I, I double hit on this one. I, I put uh, the willows. I put the wharf. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I love it. Yeah. Like I just, I just mentioned walk past it all the time. And also the whole seaport district in yeah. general, like we just released our episode on Salem's maritime history and that area, if you, it really does transport you back. So you always want like little, like sounds of shipping clatter, right? Like, like the whistles. I totally know yeah, what you mean. Yeah. I just didn't know how you were going to describe that. <laughs> shipping clatter. <laughs> uh, okay. So quickly on the next one. Um, where do you live if not the witch city? I put New Orleans. I really, honestly, I have no desire to live anywhere else. I mean, maybe that's cheating on this question, but, you know, this this was a big move for me in general, moving out of Michigan, moving mm-hmm. out of the Midwest. And if I had to stay, all I would know is I'd have to stay by water. So I'd probably live somewhere up along the East Coast. Nothing too hot, though. How about you? I think we know the answer to that. Bath, England. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were just there. I so. was. Yeah. Stuck there. Stuck Yay. there. 
<laughs> no place like home. Uh, next cu- question. Oh, I, so I've gotten this one a couple times. Okay. We should just put this to bed. Do you, um, you want to a- a- ask an answer? Yeah, I'll, I'll ask. Are you two a couple? You know what I put? <laughs> what did you put? Ew. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god. That's really funny. I put in all caps no, which I guess isn't that much better. <laughs> no, we are just good friends who happen to do the same type of job. Sorry. And no, it's okay. I I'm like a little I'm not sorry. That's so that funny. Hilarious. That's so funny. <laughs> uh no. No, we are not. Sorry. Um just yeah. The amount of time I spend with you is quite incredible, I will say. Yeah. And we've become incredibly close friends before this even started. So I wouldn't want to do this with anyone else. I don't know if I could. I don't know if you could either. Um, <clears throat> so we're not a couple. What's the next question? <laughs> and apparently I'm you. Okay, I did say that. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't say that. Uh, I, I yeah, did. you did. Yeah. This is your turn to ask. Number one favorite thing about Salem. So this question was kind of hard. Um, I don't know if this like counts, but then again, we're making the rules for this, so it doesn't really matter. I would say it's uniqueness. I just feel like there's no place like it. I mean, I haven't traveled the world or anything, so I don't know. And I know that I'm going to be taken aback when I go to these magnificent places, you know, in South America, Europe, Australia. That's high on my list. But there's something about Salem and the energy here and just the people that you can't you can't replicate it from the diverse history to like the modern Halloween celebrations I just, I spent, you know, an hour and a half walking around today, just soaking in different parts of Salem that I haven't seen before. I've lived here for six years. Like it doesn't get old. How about you? The vibe. The vibe. Right. (laughs) Uh, Which is, which is the same thing. Absolutely. Uh, And it's, it is this juxtaposition. That's not the right word. Of, yeah, of yeah. history, of um, spooky, of Halloween, authentic, you know, actual practicing Wiccans, pagans, of gothy, of good coffee and good food and genuine people. I think there's a genuineness to the city, which I think stems from the, you know. The uh, fact that we're not Halloween town to begin with. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the the crimes uh, that, that we committed. Uh, oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, basically from yeah. our origins. So our origin story has grown up to allow in today's world, uh, people to be their authentic selves in whatever fashion that is. And I think that shows through in uh, the, the businesses, in the street performers, in the restaurants, in your servers, uh, in, in, in just the, the vibe. Yeah, people feel safe here and safe to be themselves. Exactly. So how about one secret hidden gem in Salem to check out? Maybe something that's underrated. I don't know. I know you're looking at me like, come on, you had the question for uh, me. And I know at this point we we so, have we have given them a lot of different places yeah, to check out. Yeah. So if you want to repeat something, um, reiterate something. We talked a lot about locations and, and these sorts of things, but I think uh, a secret hidden gem. 
I think everyone knows about the stores, uh-huh. right? I, I think they come here for like the experience, but then when you get to go shopping in places or reflect these things, I think that that adds to it. And a lot of these places have this like, yeah, some have like a spooky, tarry, reedy vibe. Some have a shipping maritime seafaring mm-hmm. vibe. Some have, you know, whatever the artsy, eclectic, you know, museums, whatever it may be. So, and they're all a little different. They're all a little weird. They're all a little fun. And I think they are all together a good representation of Salem. So nothing in particular, just I'm sure all Hit of them you know, all is basically what you're shopping. saying. <laughs> go shopping. I'm sure our, our modern day merchants here in town will thank you for yeah. that. So I actually did have a, an answer for this one. The gardens behind the Derby house. Right. You know, in between okay. Essex yeah, yeah. street and Derby street, and the, uh, as I already mentioned yeah. in this episode, that was kind of my area down that way. So I spent a lot of time in the seaport district. So whether you're walking down Derby street or Essex street, uh, you can get to it either way. There is this like cut through, um, it's like right behind the customs house, right on the waterfront, right behind the Derby house, which is this quaint brick house right to the right of it. And if you're coming up the Essex street way, it is just before the Daniels house, that bed and breakfast we mentioned in the witch house. So there's this cute little walkthrough and you'll come upon this beautiful little garden behind the Derby house. So I believe that house was purchased for Derby's daughter. No, the Derby house. If memory serves, it's been a while uh, is, was a wedding present from uh, Elias Haskett Derby to Elias. Sorry. From Elias to Haskett his Derby's, son, Elias Haskett Derby's father gave it to him as a wedding present. Yes. Yes. Okay. And it is, again, if memory serves me correctly, the first brick house in Salem. I don't know about that, but I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. But yeah, so there's this beautiful garden just behind that house that I think most people don't even notice unless you're walking down that way. So go take a look. Nothing like the Ropes Mansion Gardens, but. No, it's still nice. It's still, it's nice. still yeah. definitely worth yeah. worth venturing through. Ooh, this is a fun one. What is the strangest tip you've ever gotten after a tour? Like gratuity. Um, let's see. I'm going to list two real quick. Uh, one time uh, I had some friends on tour who I hadn't seen in, in a while and I had comped them. Uh, it was four of them. And um, Are you about to give dollar amounts? No, no, no. Okay. No. Okay. I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, but he insisted on paying and and tipping. Uh, which I thought was incredibly and it's sort of one of these things, and I didn't realize he he handed me a tip and I, I went back and looked later and I, I realized what he'd done. And you know, my I had been generous and in return he had also been generous. That's very kind. Um, yeah, so so I thought that was very nice. Uh and it's sort of like a pass it forward kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if you can, uh, always, always try and be generous. Um, but I think when the strangest, um, a gentleman at one point handed me a few coins, just sort of like a little stack of, of like coins. pirate coins. Yeah, I didn't know what I thought they were quarters. 
Oh no! He'd given me like <laughs> like the rolling back like, like a couple dollars and quarters. And as you're getting tips, you just sort of you know put them yeah. in your pocket or whatever. And I get back to my office and I look, and they were the dollar coins. They were the gold dollar coins. Oh, that's and, cool! I haven't seen one of those um, in like at least ten years. Yeah. So I think it was it was probably like five or six dollars, and that which was which was neat, and that then inspired me to to do something as well. Um, this past October was, uh, I had to go to my brother's wedding. And what I decided to do, I was like, well, you give a gift, right? And you, maybe just being a little, I don't know, whatever. I didn't want to. Extra? Wanna, yeah, a little extra. <laughs> but also like, oh, here's a gift registry, yeah. right? Unique. Unique. I was like, I instead of just writing a check, here's $200. Originally, I was going to give it in $2 bills. Which would have been cool. Which would have been cool. And then I was like, wait, I can give it in dollar coins. So I went, and you can just get them online. So it's my brother's wedding, so I was like, I got to give him something. So get a couple hundred dollars in uh, in these gold coins. I cleaned them all. So I like in, in they were I didn't know where they were from, right? Yeah. And then uh, I got <laughs> like a like a leather coin purse, and I dumped all the coins in there. And then then you what? I, I, I added a bunch of glitter. Um, what? <laughs> Are you serious? I'm dead serious. After you cleaned them? Yeah. Well, it's gold. So then they'd be like gold dusty. And like if you dumped them out, you'd have. <laughs> That's just cruel. <laughs> I was going to ask like, you know, has he used them since? I, I, I don't know how often people go up and, and pay with gold coins. Yeah, but now he glitter. definitely can't because he's going to have to wash them all. The, the, the glitter was all biodegradable. That doesn't it doesn't mean it's not going to get all over his house. Right, but you could wash them easily. I made sure that it was biodegradable and you Did could, you try washing one of those cuz no. glitter is sticky. Yeah, whatever. And I bet it did not wash off That's as easily problem. as you anticipated. <laughs> it's not my problem. My god. <laughs> So uh, hilarious. So that that little tip that that gentleman gave me uh, inspired that that fun little wedding present. So. <laughs> I'm gonna like recruit someone to give you a tip <laughs> that's covered in glitter one day, so you Thanks. can understand the <laughs> the, the peril that you yeah. put your brother through. We can cut that. To be out. fair, it's probably my sister in law. Probably yeah. wasn't Yo. my brother. Uh, let's like let's be honest. Let's be honest. All right. So for me, what about you? Uh, so I had a tour a couple years ago where my flashlight was dying. We were at the witch trials memorial. This is towards the end of the tour, and it just kind of went. And you, know, you can throw out your phone and like you know do the flashlight from there, and it's fine. It's not as classy, but I just happened to have on this group of like ten people may may not have even been that many. There was a solo traveler. He was in town for work. He was an engineer, I think, and he worked for a flashlight company. <laughs> and he pulled out a flashlight, like a very chunky industrial one, and gave it to me and was like, oh, here, like have flashlight. He's like, I was okay. Like, I, I know a guy. Like, you, you can keep this. Well, he didn't tell me until after the fact, like I could keep the flashlight. Like that's part of his job. But- yeah, he just gave me, he pulls out this big flashlight from his pocket. And so we continue the tour. I'm able to illuminate all the stones in the Salem Witch Trials like miles Memorial. In each direction. Right. And then he's like, oh, no, keep it. This is my job. <laughs> it's like, 
So I walked away that day with like a couple cash tips and a flashlight, an industrial one. And then I had, this one's way more bizarre and I really didn't know what to think of it. I had this past October, a couple adolescents on my tour and they were like all giggly towards the end. They were coming up with a toy, like, right. They're coming up to me to give me a tip and they give me like a five and then they give me this little purple baby. Like we're talking maybe a centimeter tall. It reminds me of festivals. Like I once found a little plastic baby hand on the ground at a music festival once. Like, I don't get it. I don't know what they're all about, but probably drugs. (laughs) <laughs> Gosh, I hope not because these were adolescents that gave me this this little purple baby. But yeah, so I almost, as I was moving, I came across it. I thought really hard about just throwing it out because like, I don't need this. What is this? But then I was like, I can't throw this out. I want to remember this yeah, moment. Yeah. I, I also have a handwritten letter written to me. I think you've told me that before. I'll read it one day yeah. on this on this podcast, but it I have it tucked away. Someone wrote to us about a month and a half after the tour, and that was back before I was even an official guide. I was just in training and I happened to serve them at Beer Works the next day, and we just had this really great connection and they wrote us a, a handwritten letter, which oh, was very sweet. cool. So, well, that's very cool. Yeah. So, tip yeah. tip your your Tour guides yeah. and your servers, and yeah. you know. we, we we will take offerings in whatever form: <laughs> <laughs> small plastic dolls, cash, gold coins, uh, whatever it is, flashlights, flashlights. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> next question is: How do I book a tour? But hold on, uh, the question after that asks uh, sort of what we do on tour. And uh, some more specific questions. Uh, I'd like to do a bunch, including history, hocus pocus, et cetera. So why don't we cover all of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So if you want to book a tour with Jeffrey or myself, we always include links to both of our companies in the show notes. So if you scroll down below your episode, you'll have a direct link to both of them. Pick one or both. Um However, what I'm going to ask, just regardless whether you pick me or, or Sarah or, or anyone else in the city, go through the company. Uh, don't go through like a third party. Like TripAdvisor yeah. or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and that's for whenever you travel. Whenever you go anywhere, uh, try to book directly uh, through the company or business you're working for. Because all those third party companies, they, they take a little off the top. So when it comes to what tours we offer, um, I think we could do like just a really brief overview real quick. Um, remember, I work for Bewitched Tours. You may have heard of us as Bewitched After Dark. They were founded like I think we're going into our ninth year. Um, it was created by a Salem local. His name's Jeff Page. He's been here all his life, obsessed with the witch trials. And because of that, we give like a very in-depth look at the witch trials. So I like to say that we give the most in-depth look out of any tour or any location-based experience as well. I mean, that's a a bold statement to make, but I stand by it. So ours is very history-based, very trial-based, but we get into the dark details. So it does get pretty heavy at some stops. We don't shy away from that dark history, Uh, but we are the... The folks that you go to if you don't really want a ghost tour. Yeah, and 
uh, I own, operate, and give tours for Better Than Fiction, Salem Walking Tours. It's my tour company. I started it one year ago, so I am mm-hmm. uh, just coming up, or I've literally just passed my one year. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, anniversary. And I give two tours. So afternoons, um, I give tours on the trials. That's an hour and a half, so a little shorter than you, so can't mm-hmm. get into as, as much detail in some places. Um, but I like to sort of give a more hmm, comprehensive is the wrong word. I, I think we all do a pretty fair job. I, I think some tours in town are very date and time heavy, right? Mm-hmm. This person, this thing, da, da, da. Some are also very theatrical. Yeah. So when I talk about the trials, I like to give a, a little more story, a little more narrative, talk about some of the individuals in particular, uh, and, and go from there. I think you're better going to, hopefully my goal is at the end of the day, you walk away with a better understanding of what happened. Um, and then at night, I give a dark history tour. So not much on the trials, a little bit, because we can't talk about Salem's dark history without talking about arguably one of the worst things we did. But we got cemetery stories. stories. We got uh, pirates, magicians, murder, death, torture, legal battles, all that fun stuff. All the things. But it's not haunted. It's not one of those ghost tours. That's good. Yes. I feel like that's that's yeah. hard to come by. Yeah, yeah. So it's a night tour that is not ghost, history-based on the dark side of Salem. So that's what we both have in common that I would say we yeah. both, if you're, if you're, may I plug one of our, our comrades here. If oh. you are looking for an, like a ghost paranormal centered tour, are, are you going to say, yep. Go check out Mike Vitka, Mike Vitka of spellbound tours. Spellbound. He does a tour called voodoo vampires and ghosts. And he's just phenomenal. Oh yeah. He, we took, we actually took his tour this past summer and I was captivated like the whole time. Oh yeah. So I, he used to be my go-to. So Mike and I go back uh, probably, God, I don't even want to say how many years at this point. We went to high school together. Yeah, so that's a lot of years. <laughs> it's a lot of years. <laughs> you don't have to say how um, many. But whenever I came to town, so I've taken this tour probably like five or six times now. Um, and the last time I did it, I, I booked under like a like a pseudonym, like a an old high school reference name. I love it. And uh, he's just, he's so much fun. He's such a character. So if you're looking for that ghost, spooky, haunted thing, Go there. Um, and hey, if you're here for multiple nights, maybe check. do multiple tours. Yeah. 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 Actually, this person asked about a Hocus Pocus centric one. The only one that I know of is through Witch City Walking Tours. I believe that they do take you to all the spots, which would be like, you know, Pioneer Village in Forest River, the Ropes Mansion. But like, it's also very spread out. So you have to, I'm pretty sure it's a very long tour. You have to walk a lot. But keep that in mind if you are trying to do like, if you're trying to hit all the Hocus Pocus There's like five spots, spots in, town. in in a tour. Yeah. You can go see them on your own. Yeah, I just go see them on your own, take a quick picture and, and be done with it. <laughs> so yeah, so, so when it comes to a tour, Check out the show notes. Uh, come take a tour with Sarah and Jeffrey. Uh, not or. Come see both of us. Uh, we want to see you. And hey, during summertime, you may see us like out getting a post-tour drink at All Souls. Yeah. If you ever see us, like come say hi. Yeah, we'd yeah. love to meet you. Absolutely. And and I will be that person. Like if you see me on the street and you have a question about Salem, I'll answer it. Oh yeah. If you need directions, I'll be there. All right. Uh, so do we have, I think this is the last and final question. We've got three, three more. 
So this one, I'm actually going to read verbatim from the individual because it was like very specific. It said, I've seen all the attractions and touristy things, but I am coming with my daughter and her friends who have not been here. What are the top five things they must check out? Also, what places are dog friendly as far as eateries, walking in town and shops? I'm looking for more of a local view on everyday life. And one last thing, when are your scheduled tours? Do they go during the day? I love the podcast, Danny. So thank Thank, you, Danny. Thank you, Danny. Uh, So that's a lot of questions all in one. If you had to name top five, actually, let's take care of the the tours during the day. Okay. So I have tours uh, during the day, um, in the afternoon at three, uh, and evening tours at seven. And that's going to also change in October. I'm going to have tours four or five times a day right? Um, in, in the busier seasons. But typically, it's just one in the afternoon, one in the evening. Right. Right now, I'm only doing 7 p.m.s, okay. but we oftentimes add in a 3 p.m. during like weekends Mm -hmm. in the summertime. So as Salem gets busier, we will be adding day tours. The day tours are kind of cool because if you have a small enough group, you can go into the cemetery if it's open, things like that. So there are some pluses and minuses to either one. Of course, the nighttime people think it's a little bit more spooky. So if you're looking for that vibe. Yeah. Um, but then top five favorite things. Okay. So I'm going to, and also let's also say that depending on the age of this, you said that your daughter is coming with your friends. Of course that's, so I'm just going to shoot and say that it's like, like anywhere from 12 to 16 years old. We get a lot of sweet 16. So I I was thinking like 16 to 21. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's, the, the, (laughs) the gamut of things here. So first and foremost, the age of the people with you is going to be dependent on some things you can do, whether that's younger kids, you're bringing your parents, whatever the case may be. Um, you might not be at want to go to all souls till one in the morning. You know, <laughs> um, there are some things for kids that are very kid centric. There are some things that they're going to get very, very sick of. And that's also a blanket statement. I know some 14 year olds have read like, you know, the House of Seven Gables Scarlet Letter, and they are frothing at the mouth to go see uh, the House of Seven Gables. That's probably a slimmer majority than the ones who want to go, uh, you know, bring your daughter to um, the witchery and make a broom. Um, a lot of people come to Salem for a lot of different reasons. So a top five, to me, is just honestly going to be dependent a little bit on age, uh, a little bit of interest, and whatnot. And there's so much to do. Like, it's, yeah. it, there's... So, so much. If you're into horror movies, go check out Count Orlocks. Yeah, if, if, if that's your thing. But honestly, like, I love horror movies. I love Count Orlocks. I think it's an absolutely fascinating museum. Um, but if that's not your vibe. Then you may not yeah. be into it. Just like House of Seven Gables. If you're like, I'm not really big into first period architecture and American literature. So be it. Don't go Skip down Skip it. There. Yeah. yeah. I will say, throw the witchery in there. Whether she, whether your daughter is you know eight years old or twenty one years yeah, old, yeah. I think that or they you're will, bringing your mom, or you're bringing your mom, anyone, yeah, anyone, I think yeah. should go or down to the or your dad. Anyone should go down to the witchery and make a broom. Yeah. We have not done that yet, let's, but I kind of want to. Let's set a date. So let's set. We'll, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll take you along with us too. So like a top five. Um, gosh. Ooh. 
I will add one thing though. Reds? No, I mean, that was in my initial <laughs> thought. I mean, if you're bringing a bunch of adolescent kids to Salem, bring them to Reds and stock up on some carbs yeah. to keep them Give like them satisfied. They're exactly, yeah. satisfied throughout the day. But anyone who's coming with kids, go to Bit Bar. Bit Bar has old arcade games from like the seventies, eighties, nineties. Like you, it's, 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 there's murals all over the walls. And of course they've got great cocktails for the parents, but definitely a spot to bring kids regardless of the air hockey. Yep. Ski ball. Yeah. Um, so I, I think if I had like a top five and it's just a generic across the board, um, make a broom, get a reading, uh, at your, your reader of choice, uh, my personal recommendation would be, uh, Maison Vampire or Pentagram, um, get dinner on the water and take a walking tour. I think you're missing one. Shoot. <laughs> you know what? Here, here's the thing. Uh, go get a, go get a picture at which picks. Good job. I'm just going to jump on your bandwagon. Okay. That's good. That's okay. a good one. It's a good itinerary. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're coming on Halloween. <laughs> Unless you're coming on <laughs> Halloween. Uh, one last thing with that one. They asked about the dog friendly oh, thing. Yes. We did just pass, and this is for this year, and, and hopefully it stays with us. <clears throat> we have a lot of outdoor eateries. I think uh, pets are welcome at almost all outdoor dining facilities, indoor dining facilities, not so much. And shops, I, I, I can't it's give you a list. To it's the owner's ex- discretion. Yeah, 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 we couldn't tell you. We are a very, very pet-friendly town. However, uh, some of these places with their incenses and their smells and- Just all their stuff. All their stuff aren't, uh, aren't a place where you want your dog to go. All right, so we got two more. Two more. Okay, so you did a little research to answer the next question for us. I did. So let me read that to you, and then you can tell us what you found out. Okay. I am always walking past these historic homes, buildings that are owned by the PEM, or Peabody Essex Museum, and they seem to just be sitting empty or unused. Any idea what these are being used for? It seems a shame that they aren't being used for much. All right. So great question. I think it was one of the first ones that came in when we posted this prompt online and we were both like, shoot, (laughs) (laughs) we walk past these buildings as well. And, you know, I'm sure the thought has floated across your mind here and there, but not so much. I haven't dug this hard. So I had to do a little bit of reading and just for some context, we've talked a little bit about the Peabody Essex Museum, especially in our last episode on Salem's shipping and maritime history. It is one of the oldest continuously operating museums in America, established back in 1799. And when you're walking through downtown, and I actually just posted a picture of it today, which, you know, this is going to drop on Sunday. So yesterday, uh, the East India Marine Hall, you're going to see that you know front facade and the the museum itself has just expanded from there. I will say doing all this research made me want to do a whole episode on the Peabody Essex Museum. So I think we're going to have to add that to the docket. We can, we can bring that in next year. Absolutely. So as this organization, you know, it starts from just two, 22 sailors bringing back those exotic goods that we mentioned, the, the penguin. penguin. <laughs> we did not plan that. The penguin and now 
it currently encompasses, so they consider it three campuses. So we have the Salem campus, we have a Raleigh campus, and then they like to consider their, their digital campus a third campus. So they have a lot of digital works as well. They have over 1.8 million works, 33 historic buildings, 24 of which are historic houses, five of which are National Historic Landmarks, and eight others that are listed on the National Register of Historic Places. So like you walk through downtown Salem, you're going to see a lot of old buildings. A lot of them are just residential. They're apartments. I mean, I think we both live in historic homes that have been chopped up into apartments at this point, but there are some buildings, especially in the heart of downtown on Essex Street that you walk by, you don't see anyone going in and out of. Some of them you can't even go right up to, or at least it doesn't appear so. What are they doing with them? So I, like I said, did research and I, I was so inspired by it that I actually took a stroll downtown and saw, you know, this spot. So I think what the person who wrote in was asking about, this is just to make a guess, was that area across from Salem Night Tour, Crow Haven Corner, Old Spot, that big block. The Phillips Library. Yes, you got the Phillips Library. Well, it used to be the Phillips Library, um, the Gardner Pingree House. Uh, If you turn the corner, you've got Good Night Fatty. That Just before that. Next to the Gardner Pingree House, you have the uh, Crown Shield Bentley House. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. Gen- yeah. yeah general. Yeah. Gen- I'm just trying to like point out places like that most people would recognize. This historic block is, I think, you know, what most people walk by that is PEM owned, but isn't really accessible. I say isn't really accessible. And yet today I went into places of Salem that I've literally never been, which is crazy, which is crazy. I know your face is like, what are you talking about? Where'd you go? So I walked behind, like I was reading, I was reading that, you know, it's this, so this block is filled with several buildings that span over 300 years worth of New England architecture. That is their significance. So I don't think it's, it's not about going into these homes. And I know some of them you used to be able to, I know the Phillips library, you used to be able to go in there, but it's more just, they're there for their architectural importance. So if you walk through that, that block radius, that campus, you're going to see 300 years worth of New England architecture, Federalist Gardens, Jeffrey just rolled his eyes at me. I can't seem to figure out why. I I had a great time today. I was alone. I I I found an open fence. I didn't even think I was allowed to go in it. But I like I I wandered through all those back areas and just and I found a new favorite tree. Like I can't wait for it to bloom. I will cut this out cuz no pertinence to the episode, but like I was as someone who has lived here for six years and who has walked through that spot a million times, I have not ventured fully into it. So I almost feel a little ashamed and it's like, okay, there is some significance. Like it showed me, you know, what they are trying to convey. You know, you may not be able to go into all these spaces and you you think about the practicality, right? You got to do climate control. For these spots, like you have to fill it with artifacts that date to that period. You have to staff it with interpreters and you have to do the interpret interpretation to begin with. So it's a lot of money and time and work that goes into it. And I'm not saying the PEM doesn't have it, but I think they, they allot those resources other elsewhere. So, so yeah, 
Sure. Are you not a fan? No, no, no. So I am. It, it's a catch twenty two scenario, right? So uh, I, I genuinely appreciate the Peabody Essex Museum and their impact in the city, and that they do have the means to keep these buildings protected, right? I, I feel mm-hmm. like if they weren't here, we would have already lost some of these buildings. Um, however, they also don't have the means um, to staff them all. What did you, what did you say, 30? There's 30, 33. 33 historic homes. And I could probably- 24 historic homes. Sorry. 33 buildings, 33 but yeah. Build- okay, 20, 24 yeah. historic homes. I could probably name half those if I- thought real hard and some of them I wouldn't know the name for. I just be like, Oh, that one on the street by the place. Right. Right. Like, but part of that is they don't have, you mentioned climate control and artifacts in these places. And then you're going to have to staff them with experts who know the topic and know the Mm -hmm. subject. They're going to have to be employed. And there is in all likelihood, not enough. uh, There's not enough interest in these places. So on most of my night tours, uh, I stop in front of the Gardner Pingree House, and I talk about a murder that happened there. And the murder weapon is on display at uh, in in the Peabody Essex Museum. Right. And I ask all of my tours who's been in the Peabody Essex Museum, and a small fraction have raised their hands. They're so, saying they're not really looking for this. Yeah. So if you are someone who's coming to Salem and is interested. In these historic homes, in these buildings, go to the Peabody Essex Museum. Show them that you're interested. Show them that you want to see more of Salem's history, that you want to see these houses. And they are open sometimes. Are you I know. trying to rally our listeners to yeah. like get the Peabody Essex Museum to open up more buildings? La- last, I love that. <laughs> the, the Gardner Pingree House used to be open on weekends. I was going to say it used to be open. Last summer the ropes mansion was open for a couple weekends I was, okay so let's pause for a second i i'm not good not everything is closed no, like that no. that one block i mentioned that i think is what most people walk by because it is such a mm-hmm. heavily trafficked area and a lot of people see these historic buildings they're like why can't we go in them but if you're interested the ropes mansion which the peabody essex museum also owns which of course everyone knows is allison's house from hocus pocus they mm-hmm. do offer tours they do. and I read on their website that they are going to be opening for Memorial day. There we so, go. There you go. You can tour Allison's house What's, from Hocus Pocus. Um, and then in, in addition, they do then utilize some of them for other things. They have come to fruition like the Pickman house yes. next to the Cheddar street bearing point is now co is owned by the PEM used by the city as a welcome center and gift shop for the Charter Street Bearing Point. That one was off limits for the longest time. Years, yeah. So, so there are a lot that we can't get into at the moment. Uh, everywhere is short-staffed. The PEM is short-staffed. Um, but if you're interested, I would say the first thing you do is when you come to Salem, go to the PBD Essex Museum. There's a lot of people who just walk right by it and don't go in and check it out. And also take a moment to appreciate the architecture because that's really why they have those buildings there in the first place. I read that, you know, any stone or brick you see in that block I was talking about is original to the space, but anything wood. So like the, the Quaker house, the Quaker meeting house, you'll see 
Um, there's a, this was the, this is what inspired me to walk down there. There's something called a 10 footer. Have you heard of this? I mean, I've been down there. Are you talking about the the little white house that's right next to the Quaker meeting house? I have never noticed it before. Oh, I've walked past it a million times. Okay. It's yeah. right next to the John Ward house. So, yeah. and also I think the John Ward house used to be yes. a historic house museum as well. I'm not sure if they're open. They used to be free, but there was, there is a small white home between the Quaker meeting house and the John Ward house. And it was a shoemaker's shop. So cobbler. it's, it's called a, a cobbler. It's called a 10 footer because it's 10 feet by 10 feet. It was moved from Lynn, Massachusetts. And the pictures on the Peabody Essex museum website showed a bunch of old like shoe pre-industrial shoe tools, like cobbler tools. That's cool. So cool. Right. So I went down there thinking that I was going to see a bunch of these cool artifacts in the window. I didn't. That's okay. But in addition, uh, they also recently have put up signage um, at a lot of their historic homes with a QR code on it. If you are interested, like I said, go to the PBDS Museum, show them that you're here for this sort of stuff. But also as you're walking around Salem, get out your phone, scan that QR code, and they'll know that, right? They'll know that that is then generating interest. And if there are people who are scanning their QR codes and listening to these stories, that will likely generate more interest in, in them opening these places for us to go see. They're called PEM Walks. Yes. They're so cool. I listened to a couple today. Pretty neat. Very neat. And the last question. Final question. Oh, this is a hard question. I, <laughs> I, I don't have anything answered for this. I was just going to wing it. Oh, okay. So do you want me to ask you? Well, I was going to ask you. Oh, okay. Fine. It's my turn to ask. Okay, fine. Go for it. What is your quest? To give people a good story to tell. Oh, to, to like give them a story yeah. to tell someone else. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's so simple. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Very nice. So, um, so when you come, if you come and take a tour with me, if you come and you interact, I want you to have a good time. I want you to learn something. Uh, you know, it, it's it's dark, it's morbid, it's history, it's educational. But there's laugh. If at the end of the night they're going home, they're having a drink. They're like I had a great time, I had a great tour. This tour, hopefully, you walk away knowing more, having learned more, having had fun. And have a good story to tell about your time in Salem. All right. In that same vein, I think just making an impact. So I had several kids on my tour last night, like a good like seven or eight of them from ages four to like 18. So a very wide range. And by the end of it, I had all these little kids kind of like walking right up alongside me, almost tripping me, (laughs) if I'm being honest. But their interest is always inspiring. And I want to be that tour guide that they remember 10 years from now, 15 years from now. You know, we have those moments of our childhood where we- have a good story to tell. Right? I remember going to SeaWorld. I don't remember how old I was. You know, that's probably the worst example (laughs) I could have came up with. But I like, okay, uh, Disney. Like I remember going on the, what's Splash Mountain? Mm Mm-hmm. 
I was terrified. <laughs> I didn't know that it was a roller coaster type of experience. So I hid. You can't even see me in the picture. I am hidden where your feet go. Terrified. <laughs> I had my mom cover. I almost jumped off. <coughs> like we're, we're walking or, you know, you're going through yeah, that dark. Yeah. And I saw an exit sign above a door and I almost got out of the boat. And my dad's like, don't you dare, Sarah. Don't you dare. Sorry, off topic. What was I saying? Experiences, memories, kids I, following you. I Piper of Salem. So, like in a totally different way, I want to be like I want kids to you look. Want kids back. to search for the exit and run. <laughs> no, that's such a bad, <laughs> such a bad metaphor. Such a bad metaphor. I want to be that memory that kids can look back on. That they were like it makes an impact, not just kids but individuals. Like yeah. you're saying, if if they can walk away. And talk about the tour, talk about whether it's the information we gave them, the stories, the experience themselves, like being here, being in Salem. That's that's a job well done. That's a job well done. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. Those are all the the, the questions that we that you submitted. My goodness, we've been going on for ages here. Um, so is that it? We done? I think that's it. Okay. Uh, do we want to plug the, the next episode? Yes. The first of several Q and A's I think to come. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you, if you couldn't think of a question before this, save it. We'll definitely be doing some more further we're, down. We're, we're, the next planned one, which would have been the first planned one was going to be, uh, September. Maybe. Yeah. Sometime this summer, yeah. like towards the yeah. end of summer. So yeah. if you had a question that you didn't get a chance yeah. to ask, please hold on to it and we'll be. We'll be asking you for those at a later date. Very cool. Later date. Uh, next episode. Well, actually, the next episode that is dropping in just a couple days is our next interview. We and talked about. We are not revealing who they are. Dun, so dun, dun. we will be dropping a little hint, if not a blatant reveal, yeah. um, tomorrow, Monday morning, on our Instagram and TikTok. So yeah. if you guys are following us on there you'll, you'll know you'll if know. you're not go follow us no. follow us into the oblivion <laughs> um <laughs> i like that that was good uh other than that be sure to subscribe leave a review and tell a few friends and like we said follow us on those social medias uh that is at salem the podcast instagram tiktok facebook and if you are visiting salem again you can find our company's links to both of those in the show notes. Come take a tour with both of us. Thanks for listening. See you later.